This is the Digital Savage Experience Podcast, hosted by Roman Prokopchuk, bringing you all things digital marketing, tech, business, and motivation. What's stopping you from becoming relentless in all aspects of life? Are you ready to become a digital savage? Let's get into today's episode. Hey everyone, this is Roman Prokopchuk and this is the Digital Savage Experience Podcast. Today I have with me Liz Medwid. Liz plays the character Miss Elizabeth on the Smile Syndicate Music Hour Podcast, a music and comedy fiction variety show she co-hosts with her husband, Jason. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you very much for having me. My pleasure. So tell me a little bit about your journey. How did you get to where you are today? Okay, so in terms of the podcast itself, uh, I, I started that with Jason. It really started as a musical journey. Uh, it started with a, a need for Jason to get his music out. And he's kind of, we're sort of, we're, we're a family and he, he works and I've, we had young kids, you know, we, we, we have teenagers now. And uh, he always had the dream to be a musician. Um, and it wasn't really like he, he's in IT. So he's, uh, he's a consultant in uh, data, uh, in the data field. So uh, becoming a famous musician or a successful musician, even with traveling and all that's required, isn't really possible. So I was saying, well, we, we need to figure out a way uh, for you to be able to satisfy this artistic need that you have personally. So you need to create the music. And so we put a lot of effort into making sure that he could do that. But then it felt like, well, what do we do now? We need to get it out. How do we get it out? And a lot of the options out there, I'm not sure if you've ever looked into this, but just like with publishing uh, literature of your own that you've written, you know, you're going to be the one that's paying the money to get it published. And it's a huge amount of money, including all of the recording costs and all of the publication costs and everything. So I said, why don't we put this out in the free way that you can put out content right now, which was five years ago or a bit more now, uh, and and uh, put it out on a podcast. And, and he probably, like you, are thinking that's kind of crazy because you don't put out music on a podcast. And I was just like, look, it doesn't even matter. It's not a crime. <laughs> We're just going to do it. We're just going to be creative. We're going to put it out. We're going to send the link out and just see where it goes. And in our case, where it went is that eventually I joined the show and we have a show now that goes out twice a week that has three songs per episode. And it contains, and I would say even the emphasis of the show has shifted towards the fiction that we write. So it's a comedy fiction and musical podcast. He still creates music, but we also create uh, fiction around characters that live in a town called Smileton. And uh, we both we both write it. And they're all, it's kind of like a variety show. They're all different kinds of segments. So it goes song, segment, song, segment, song, and then it ends. And uh, we have sort of a small but dedicated group of fans uh, who really enjoy it. And they let us know that they don't want us to stop by giving us some money, <laughs> which helps us to, um, to maintain uh, some of the, the expenses, which are, are um, minor in comparison to the amount of um, work that goes into just generating that content on an ongoing basis. So now all of our effort goes towards doing that, like creating the fiction, directing the fiction, um, 
and being sure that we can create all of that, but at the same time, um, keep ourselves sane and make sure that we have breaks and obviously still, you know, continue our, our regular work and family life. So those are some of the main, the main things that are going on in the Smile Syndicate Music Hour. Now, is that how you started to begin with, or is that how the show has evolved to now? Was it only music to begin with, or like, have you had that premise from day one? So in the very, very beginning, um, Jason would put out a song, but he felt like he had to introduce it. And so he started to develop just a little bit of comedy around just a short story. So the shows might be something like seven to 12 minutes long, where three or four minutes is a song. You know, so he would he would already start to generate this fiction around uh, around the creation of the song, really. So he does create all of the music himself. Uh, he does it in his home studio. And we have had some help with the recording and stuff, but we found that most of it we can do ourselves and satisfy, you know, the needs of, of the recording um, uh, situation. And uh, so since he does everything, that means like all of the instruments and including all the writing and the singing, he did sort of try to link up with people to sort of get, you know, make it happen. But there's other complications with that where you don't have as much creative control. And also you tend to get more directed towards uh, playing in shows like playing live, which wasn't something that we could really do on an ongoing basis. So it's him and all of his instruments. So he was like, well, we need to generate characters that are playing these, these, uh, these instruments and create kind of like a history. So he, he actually created this enormous, actually really vast amount of information around this band that had been around for years before in the fictional universe, you know, and, uh, and had like different versions of the band and kind of, I guess, leaning towards looking at the history of, of other bands that, that are real, you know, like, like how the Beatles came about or how, how Led Zeppelin or the Who, you know, the history of those bands kind of look like trying to create that around his band. So that is how all of that content started to be generated. But we realized um, that and we put it on our website and as we were creating the podcast, like that's one of the way, the reasons why we chose podcasting is because I'm a web developer, so I know that podcasting is is like a branch. It's an off branch of um, web development. So if you can develop a website, you can create a podcast. It's pretty much free, except for the hosting, uh, and it's just the effort. You know, really, the real expense is just the effort. So we put all this information onto the website, and nobody cared because it's just a huge, vast ocean, you know, of information that's basically just being kind of born in Jason's mind. And it's kind of contextualizing uh, the, the music for himself, but nobody wants to dive through all of that content. So the next stage in the development of the show was figuring out how to chunk that information out and develop something that was more consumable and more entertaining and more sustainable for the, for the individual listener especially if they're only just jumping on and listening to one episode and not getting lost, you know, having something entertaining. So we had to kind of chunk it out, create different kinds of uh, different kinds of segments that would be interesting. And, uh, and the website, we kind of took the content off the website. It wasn't doing any good there. You know, it might become a novel at some point, but at this, at this stage, it, it just led up to um, up to how we, 
it's almost like you could look at it as like the Silmarillion of the Smile Syndicate Music Hour, like Tolkien's, you know, vast amount of research that he did that later gets later gets published. You could imagine in a fantasy world, you know, in the Smile Smile Syndicate, Smileton uh, publication universe, maybe we'll put that out as volumes. But um, I think that I think the stories themselves are what's most valuable to people, just little short chunks of characters and the little minor conflicts that they go through and the resolutions and just, you know, generating kind of a, a, a comedy uh, show for them. Nice. Has, has that led to, to other kind of opportunities? Because I guess the, the premise was to highlight the music via, you know, it's, it's, it's a free via RSS feed to, to the world and you kind of bypass certain, uh, I guess, gatekeepers, if you will, to, you know, put your music out there? Has it led to uh, opportunities that people have heard the music on the show in terms of like certain things? So not, I would say not, not really, like not in a big way at this point. Um, We're still trying to grow our audience on the, on the show. What we do notice though, is because we do have the music on all streaming platforms and we get data on that. We see that it's increasing, which is something that we never saw before even when we had stats, you know, so we see that we are reaching a bigger audience. uh, And we also see a little bit of money from that, especially when it goes through like Apple or Google Play or or things like that. So there's a small amount of money, it's not enough, you know, it's not enough, but it's something. And um, in terms of the show itself, I think we are, the opportunity there for us is to develop, to continue developing the story and to develop it into forms that we might be able to then market into other places, such as um, creating a show like like a Netflix show or something of that nature. Nice. Yeah, I've, I've seen a lot of, well, I mean, the, the conferences and things like that that I've been to in terms of the podcast space, I've seen several, you know, fiction focused podcasts that that creative was then taken and then turned into, you know a video type thing and picked up by Netflix and Hulu and other platforms like that. So I see that happening more readily as well. Yeah. So maybe the next step for us, like in between here and and Netflix would be to figure something out that's better on, on YouTube, you know, so to actually get somebody who's like an animator, we did look at animating because I do graphic design, but that's not animating. So uh, animating is quite different, and I found it to be quite difficult to learn <laughs> to learn how to do the animation. So getting somebody to do that for us and getting that onto onto YouTube, that's definitely something that I would be interested in doing, and I do think that that might lead somewhere else for us. Yeah, I agree. So what motivates you to succeed? Obviously, those motivations may have changed over time, but what currently motivates you to succeed? So the main thing, the main mission for us right now is to is to bring joy to as many people as we can. And, and what motivates us to, to succeed in that is that we do occasionally get feedback that suggests that that's exactly, that is, that is what's happening. And anytime that we feel like we want to stop because... Uh, it's because it's so hard. Honestly, this is a passion project and and we do love doing it. And we're both creative. We're both writers and we're we're both musical as well. We enjoy doing it together. Um, But it is hard when you know that you've planned to put out two shows per week and you have this amount of content to write, even if you love it, it becomes a job, you know, so you do need that extra motivation. 
So um, getting it getting it into the ears of as many people as possible. And during COVID, this is like an extra little motivation that, that we had, because when COVID began, uh, I think everybody had the feeling that it was going to be depressing, that, that it was going to be a problem. I, I had a really strong initial feeling the main problem with COVID is going to be depression. You know, like over time, this is it's going to be depression for sure. And uh, that was just like my own personal kind of instinct, you know, before, before like people were saying it, but it wasn't a big, a, a big thing that people were saying. And I thought uh, we need to continue the podcast. And then I heard that podcasts were slowing down. And I thought, oh, no, no, that's the wrong direction. If your podcast is servicing people and it's helping people, that gives you even a, like a, a feel like more of a feeling of purpose. So it helps you as the podcaster not to be depressed. You know, if you feel like you're doing something that's actually helping other people. So I said, okay, what we need to do is double our output. So at that point, I, that's when that happened. And I, I did a sort of a trick with my husband. And I said, look, our show is getting bigger. It's like in terms of length, because we're starting to write too much. And he was saying, well, we need to write less. We need to write less. And I said, why don't we take what we're writing, divide it into two, and we've got two shows with no extra effort. And with this little trick, this little mind mind play, I got him to switch over to two shows. But I will admit, 100% admit right now that um, that is not how the work effort actually manifested. You know, when we doubled the show, the work definitely increased a little bit as well, like probably a lot. <laughs> so, but um, I, you know, I, I think that we're reaching more people, our, our, our stats, like our podcast stats keep going up and we do keep getting feedback that it's good and that it helps people. You know, it's completely just fun. Like the content is just, it's not political. So it's a break from politics. Uh, it's not real life. So it's a break from, from whatever you're going through. There's no COVID in Smileton. So it's a break from all of that. We're not telling you what to do. So it's a break from any of that. And all of the characters are, they kind of all have these, these uh, every single character has like a quirk. They all have their little, little particular issues that they're dealing with or quirks or they're just individuals. And they're all kind of, you might say, a little bit strange, and they're all fully accepted. Like there's not, it's not, um, there's no, there's kind of nothing bad happening to people in, in Smileton, although people are kind of acting out in different ways, you know, little cartoonish ways that people are doing the wrong things, maybe sometimes. My husband will complain about it. So he's kind of the grumpy character who's always saying, oh, this is terrible. It's really bothering me. And, He'll complain that we have an audience um, watching us and that they're all misbehaving because they're eating food and they're texting on their phones, they're talking and they're not listening. And uh, so he'll complain about behaviors of, of other people. And then I'm the one that's kind of saying, oh, this is just what they want to do. Just let them do what they want to do. And, and uh, generally speaking, there's really no major conflict. Um, and it's very low stakes is what I'm trying to say. So it's like low pressure just fun. We try to bring jokes. We try to bring, you know, bring the humor. And then of course the music is, is always lighthearted. So the effort is all towards, uh, towards bringing joy to the listener, you know? So the second, the second thing though, 
besides what we're trying to do for our audience is just what we're doing for, for each other when we're doing this, because we, we really work together and it's kind of part of our marriage at this point, you know, kind of like his, his behavior on the show and also mine is kind of a mirror to what our marriage really is like. Miss Elizabeth isn't that far away from Liz and Jason is pretty much Jason, just a little bit more extreme on the show. So uh, when we force ourselves to do this creative work, which sometimes if you're a creative person and especially if things are hard, then you might stop doing your creative work. And then you feel depressed that you haven't done it. But if you force yourself to do it, it's work. Like it is work and it's hard and you feel maybe not fulfilled by it. But the only way to get through that that uh, situation with your artwork, any form of artwork that you're doing, whether it's it's uh, visual or or audio or like a narrative or anything like that, you, uh, you you need to push through and you need to continue doing it. And the more you do it consistently, the better your work will become. And that's exactly what we found with, with the podcast is that it's bringing us in touch with all of these different creative modes, including the music, which he has to create more of, including um, the writing and also the improv work that we're doing together when we sit down together and we're almost forced to have this, uh, this interaction that's scripted, but it's also not scripted. We also just do some improv together. You know, it, it, we become better at it in ways that we never ever would have expected. So that's another motivating factor is that we know that we're getting better at speaking, at writing, at storytelling, and you know every every other aspect of the project we're working on, because we're doing the sometimes really quite hard work, and that's what I would tell anybody who's working on a project, even anywhere similar to all of these different modes of of creativity, is that when it's hard, you have to set it up so that you must do it, and set yourself up so that when you are doing it, you're you're meeting your deadlines, you're meeting your um, your quota. Uh, but you're doing it in such a way that you're allowing yourself a break. Sometimes you're allowing yourself to to pause, um, to 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 collapse at some at some points. But you're still you've still got enough already pre-created and like a buffered in terms of a podcast, it would be buffering. So creating like eight episodes in advance of when they need to be put out is buffering. So that if anything bad was to happen or you just needed a break because believe me, you, you need a break uh, that you are able to take the, take those breaks. So that's, yeah, those are the two major motivations, bringing joy and having a good time with my husband. Yeah. That's awesome. Because the, I guess the show gives you that time that you spent together and that's kind of your thing and you grow in that together. And I agree in terms of the creative process, you start with point A and then you work through things, you see what works, what doesn't work, you become, you know, better in terms of chemistry together, the flow of the show, stuff like that. So like, if you listen to episode one, and then episode, whatever, 218, or whatever I have live now, it's a completely different experience. So I think there's that added growth. And having a buffer, I think is one of the things that's important, you know, having some kind of runway, where life happens, and you may not be able to record. I have an excessive content problem, I have 100 episodes in queue. So that's a 
a very vast runway. I mean, I think that's partially because of COVID and the opportunities there in terms of like the people I've had on and networked with and stuff like that. But yeah, I, I definitely see those two points as being important and what I've seen in my kind of progression of my show as well. Yeah, I understood from from reading some of your material that you did have a, a really large buffer, so I knew that you'd appreciate that uh, that point. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's one of those things like it, just a simple in out. So like, there's people that are interested in being on a show, and you know, I want to give them the platform to share their stories. But oftentimes, like you said, life happens. I'm trying to push out three episodes a week. But now I have, like we talked about, I have another show with co-hosts. So it's like, you know, you kind of evolve what you're doing and, and try to find time and, and the, the process that works for you and the situation you're in in this point of your life. Sounds to me like you might be ready to start hiring somebody to help you put that content out there for you. Yeah, that I, I, I technically have people to do that, but it's just like I... I can't say goodbye yet, if that makes sense. It totally like, I, <laughs> I own the process, so. Yeah. But, so, what's one thing that you may have seen as a weakness in yourself in the past that you've turned around and utilized as a strength today? Well, I never thought that that I would be able to be, like, a public speaker to the extent that a podcast demands that you that you are. And to be able to, to sit in front of what I imagine, I always imagine the audience, even though we're pre-recording and it's not live, uh, but I always get as stressed out as though it was live because I know whatever I'm saying, it, it could go out. You know, So I never thought that I would be talking to people, potentially a lot of people, potentially not a lot, but potentially a lot of people um, at, at uh, and, and kind of doing it on the fly in a way, like things are written down so in the beginning, uh, we wrote down the script in quite a lot of detail because we both had this nerve, you know, this nervous feeling like we need to have everything written down. So Jason would write down, you know, uh, hi, Miss Elizabeth. You know, he wouldn't even trust himself to, okay, now I need to say hi, Miss Elizabeth, you know. And of course, now we feel a lot more confident. We, we have our structure really well developed and our, our back and forth is... Uh, is just really much, much better. And it's sort of character-based and we kind of rely on on the characters. Uh, but you, And also, you just don't know the kinds of skills that you're, you're bringing, the kinds of skills that you're developing that you're bringing to solve those problems. It's almost like doing it is helping you to solve it without you necessarily knowing what was required in order for you to under, like, understand the problem and solve it doing the action of actually talking to somebody and creating a show like, like improv. That's, uh, that's something that, that I, I never knew that, that I would be able to do it and didn't expect myself to. And I didn't even know what problems I would have, like the obstacles to, to overcome, but I definitely feel, feel confident now talking to, to Jason in his character where we know we're going to be pushing back, back and forth. Like he's going to be pushing back and I'm going to have to come up with something, you know, something to come back at him because we have to have that little tension. That's kind of like the, the core um, structure, you know, of our show is, is us kind of talking and pushing, pushing each other a little bit, or I'll sort of throw things in, you know, a little bit, and then he has to respond to that. That's been, I'm quite proud of that. I, I've definitely accomplished that. Yeah. And I think it's kind of the evolution and the comfort. And I mean, my, I guess, process at first, I was a solo 
show. And I think if I stayed with that format, I probably would have like pod faded. Um, and then when I incorporated uh, other people in terms of guests on the show, we added that, you know, component of getting to know people, getting to know their stories, learning something, applying something, taking something from each interview. I mean, I switched over, I think, uh, a month after my grandfather passed away. So I think I directly switched over in terms of a healing process as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing what you can bring from your personal needs and your personal your personal experience um, to uh, to to just have like have that extra development that you never expected. Yeah, I agree. So, what's one piece of advice you have for the audience, personal, professional, or maybe starting out? Anyone uh, looking to start or grow a show in a similar genre? Uh, one piece of advice. So if you're looking to do a show kind of similar to the Smile Syndicate Music Hour, the the main thing I think that helps us keep going is organizing the content in we have we do it in Trello. We have a uh, we use the free version of Trello. We organize it very very carefully. We we approach it in a very business-like manner. So we have like the days all organized. We have the segments that we're going to do. And as they're completed, we, we change the tags on them so that we, we can see exactly where things are, where they were, and, and, and plan out where they should go so that we don't repeat too many of the same uh, pieces of content you know, in a row and then miss other, other pieces of content. So that is something that helps to... to kind of clear the air, like clear, like you have a much more clear vision of what your show is and you much better control over your content that way. And then the next thing is, uh, is record, uh, record in, uh, in a way that you have a buffer and maintain your buffer if you possibly can. And I know it's hard, uh, because we have definitely existed sometimes without a buffer when we run through it. Um, but you've got to have your buffer and never, never, never leave your audience without their expected little time slot with you, if you can avoid that. So treat it like a, like a, like a business, you know, honor your obligation, know that you're doing good. And as a result of all of those facts, you know, you have to do it like with, you have to plan it out really well and you, uh, and you must do it in advance. That, the, that's, I think, the biggest uh, tip that I can give podcasters. Yeah, that's actually very, very, very smart. It's the first time I heard a podcaster mention that they use a project management system in terms of kind of honing in all that content. And it makes a lot of sense because, because you're creating all this content in terms of the format of your show. You need something like that. And if you're simply doing that manually or jotting it down, things are going to get lost in the translation. So I love that idea. So I really appreciate you stopping by today. Can you let the audience know how they can find you? Sure. The best place is probably the central hub, which is the smilesyndicate.com. Although if you wanted to support the show or even just join the community and see who else is supporting the show, that would be smilesyndicate.locals.com or you can find us on Patreon, which would be the Smile Syndicate. I think you can find us just by searching the Smile Syndicate. Awesome. Thanks again for stopping by. Thanks so much for having me. 
This podcast has been brought to you by Nova Zora Digital. Find out how Nova Zora Digital can help your company grow online. Learn more at NovaZoraDigital.com. Until next time, all you digital savages.